right, welcome back to the I'm There podcast, guys. I'm your host, Freyway, and I'm here with my co-host, Ken Chan. And today, we are here for episode 51, where we will be discussing the latest Nintendo Direct that came out uh, on the 9th of February, 2022, right? Yeah, sounds right. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it had a lot of cool things to it. Uh, Some people were expecting Smash, but as I told one of my friends, Joel, uh, I think Smash is actually done, Mm -hmm. at least for the foreseeable future because Sora was supposed to be the final character and they did like one patch after Sora but I think that Smash Ultimate for all intents and purposes should actually be done so if they surprise us with another fighter pass sometime down the road that would be a fucking amazing obviously I'm here for it I'm never going to fight against the idea of another six characters but they might not I need Smash fans to stop yo I love Smash one of my favorite games of all time but Smash fans need to stop being like ugh no smash this Nintendo Direct sucked. <laughs> like that needs yeah. to stop. Yeah, no, that would be uh that would be they, they people always want more. And I understand it because we, we exist in a world where you can get more a lot of the times, right? <laughs> and so that kind of makes every human being like even when you tell them, hey, here's the here's the finale, here's the finale of this, right? Like, here's the end. Yeah. Like, it, it, think about us with Game of Thrones, right? Like, we want more. Like, we're not yeah. done. <laughs> like, every every game I've ever played that I really liked, I'm like, I want more. Like, I'm never satisfied. No matter how great it ended, I just want more. And I think that's that's how people are. So, uh, but anyways, moving right along. So there were a lot of things. You have like 26 things listed here. Yeah, so I, uh, start, take it from the top. I went through, I watched it twice. I watched it once live, and then I watched it again uh, just to <clears throat> write down everything that uh, sh- appeared in the direct in order. Um, yeah. So they opened the direct with a new Fire Emblem Warriors. So, you know, the creators are like Dynasty Warriors, etc. Fire Emblem Warriors, it's called Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. This yeah. is a extension of the official Fire Emblem game, Three Houses. And this is supposed to drop on June 24th. Yeah, so it so as soon as I started uh, watching the Nintendo Direct, I actually watched it today. I didn't get to see it on the knife because I was busy with work. But as soon as I started watching it, I was like, oh, this is a Dynasty Warriors game for sure. <laughs> I don't know what it is because I, I could tell the characters to me, it was weird. They look like Fire Emblem characters, but it also was very clearly Dynasty Warriors with the groups. I can, yeah. You know, it has that aesthetic. It, Dynasty yeah. Warriors has a certain aesthetic that I'm very used to. And every version of Dynasty Warriors, I'm used to that aesthetic. So as soon as I saw how the battles play out, I was like, oh, this is Dynasty Wars. I just don't know what genre it is yet, but I'm assuming Fire Emblem, and it actually happened to be Fire Emblem. So it looks really fucking good. Yeah, when it first popped up for me, because I immediately recognized it as Fire Emblem, because I I played Three Houses so fucking much. So immediately I was like, holy shit, are they doing a sequel to Three Houses? And then I realized it was a Warriors game, which I'm fine with, because I've played a bunch of Warriors games. Um, yes. And it looks like they're doing like a alternate route that's not in the original three houses. So like three houses has four main routes. Uh, and all of the routes have like upsides for certain characters and like tragedies for other characters. Um, this one looks like it's a completely different route. Some characters that died in other routes seem to be alive. Um, but it seems to be the same storyline that was in three houses, but once again, just a different route. So I'm, I'm super fucking interested to see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't played a Dynasty Warriors game in a while, but we have talked about it on this podcast, and uh, I loved them as a kid. Me and my best friends used to play them all the time, but I have not touched a Dynasty Warriors game in a long time, and I think the one I'm most interested in is probably the Hyrule Warriors, because you and Anthony loved it, apparently, and yeah. also the One Piece, because I just saw Aokiji doing like Ice Age and 
doing his kick and people shattering and stuff. So I thought that that was really cool too. The One Piece ones uh, just to pop off as One Piece characters. And Age of Calamity, which is the second Hyrule Warriors one, that one has some of the best gameplay of any Warriors games I've played. And the story is actually really interesting in how it ties in the, the original Breath of the Wild. Oh, wow. So it actually like correlates with Breath of the Wild? Yeah, yeah. And that's what's really yeah. exciting about this Three Hopes is that it seems like it's more than just a, a, a Warriors game like for the fun of being Warriors characters. It seems like yeah. they're, they're trying to tie it directly in the Three Houses like they did with the Zelda one. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So one day when I decide to finally man up and just play uh, Breath of the Wild, mm. I'll maybe uh, hop on that after. Um, but yeah, after that, there's uh, Advanced Wars Reboot Camp. This was announced a while. This is actually supposed to already be out. It got delayed, like, I want to say, like, six months. Its its current release date is now April 8th, but this was going to come out last year. This is a reboot of uh, the first two, adv- well, yeah, the two Advanced War games on the Game Boy Advance. Okay. Um, I've never played Advanced War, so when I saw this, I was just kind of like, huh. Yeah, it's a cute little game. It's actually a really fun strategy game. It's made by Intelligent Systems, which is the same people that make Fire Emblem, actually. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's just like a fun little little game. I played it a lot when I was younger. I haven't played it much since because there hasn't really been any releases for it, but it is cool to yeah. see them operating. Funny side note, a lot of people know the, the franchise as Advance Wars, but the game franchise is actually known as Wars. There used to be like Game Boy Wars on the Game Boy... Uh, like Nintendo Wars, like on the old NES. So it was and then like, Game Boy Advance, and then it, it was called Advance, Advance Wars because of that. Yeah, but then when they made the DS ones, they still called it Advance Wars. And yeah, now, it like, has a nice sound to it. Yeah, and now everybody just knows it as Advance Wars, which is kind of funny. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's a cute little game coming out. I think the reboot is being done by Way Forward, and I really like Way Forward's art style. Um, but after that, you got No No Man's Sky. On- this looked interesting to me. Yeah. So you have, I, you have you heard about this game? So not uh, kinda. I feel like I feel like this already came out before or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it has, but not on okay. Switch, obviously. Right. So when I was watching it, I've never released. I don't know if I've ever seen gameplay for it. Maybe I have, and I don't remember. But looking at an oh, so we talk about open world games and how cool they are. But this is like an open universe game, mm-hmm. and that concept is really cool to me. The way they show how like. You can build your own little civilization on these planets, and there's like space pirates. It's pretty much a living ecosystem, and I like the idea of that. It kind of reminds me of Monster Hunter World in a way, but maybe a little bit more in depth than because the world doesn't necessarily need it, even though they did go out of their way to make things like a whole endemic life and everything. But this game, like you can interfere with certain things, it looks like you can create things, uh, get into battles, and fly to different planets. I'm not sure how extensive and how big the world is, or like the universe is, but when I was looking at the trailer, it looked pretty expansive. Yeah, so this so this game launched a couple years ago on PS4. Yeah, I want to say I was going to say PS3, but no, nah, I'm pretty sure it was PS4. Um, and when it launched, it actually launched to a lot of criticism because a lot of the things they promised it didn't really deliver on. However, it's one of those games that had like a really big turnaround in community opinion, where when it launched. It received a lot of backlash, but then through the years, through updates and like polish, the developers actually did end up delivering an experience that everybody is really happy with. So I actually yeah. I haven't played it in a long time, but um, I have seen, and it's really hard to win back gamers 
like once their opinion is made up once gamers hate something it's hard to win them back and i have seen the community shift its opinion toward really enjoying the game after its update so i do think no man's sky is worth checking out uh if it's something anybody's interested in uh, especially now that it's been polished and updated over the years yeah uh okay so next we have mario strikers dog <laughs> this this looks so cool i lost my shit when they showed this yeah it looks really cool i saw the part where bowser started to turn the fucking ball into a ball of fire and then i think luigi came and just shoved him <laughs> and cut his shit off immediately it just looked really cool mario has a really good ability to translate boring ass sports to me mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. something that looks much fun much more fun now, i know people love football uh, or soccer, as it's called here, but I'm not a big fan of it. It's you know, it's not, I'm not gonna say it's a boring sport like baseball, but I'm really not a sports person in general. Like raw sports, just regular ass humans playing yeah, yeah. sports. I'm not I'm not the biggest fan. Uh, I grew up with asthma, so I really couldn't <laughs> play sports as a kid. Otherwise, I started dying. So for me, sports were never really that interesting. I dabble every once in a while. You know, I, I like to make people mad when their teams lose and things like that. You know, just the typical trolling because people get so invested in these teams that they have no control over who wins. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, the, the point is Mario games, when they do their crossovers with these sports games, they just make them way more palatable for a nerd. And I think that that speaks to me. They're infinitely more fun. I do enjoy playing sports. I've never enjoyed watching sports. Like I, I have no endorphin rush when I watch f- football or basketball or anything. Like I, watching sports, yeah. I think is so boring. But growing up, I did enjoy playing soccer, playing football, playing basketball. So I do like playing. I never really like playing baseball, though. If I'm being honest, I think baseball is yeah, pretty fun. Baseball boring. is so boring. <laughs> I, I, well, Charlemagne from the Breakfast Club. Charlemagne always says baseball was only good when they were able to do steroids. Yeah, and yeah, baby. <laughs> He always talks about how they should just allow them all to do steroids and let the best human win. Because at the end of the day, like steroids are pushing people to their absolute highest, like the peak physicality. Uh, you know, and that's that's a hot take from Charlamagne. These are not the opinions of myself or, you know, I am their podcast. But that's what he says all. I mean, he says it all the time on Breakfast Club <laughs> about how they should just be allowed to use steroids again to make make baseball great again, essentially. Make it great again, man. I, I, <laughs> I know there's people that love baseball, but for me, it just I it is that and golf are like the most boring to me. But once again, Mario yeah. Golf is hella fun. Even the Mario baseball game is fun. Mario Strikers, which was on the GameCube, is so fun. So people have been asking for a new Mario Strikers because the last one was on GameCube. People have been asking for this game for a while. So when they showed this, I legit popped off because this game is going to be fucking fun. And it looks like they're having some pretty interesting online modes. Like you can make a team and you can have yeah. like homies in your team and you guys can go out and like play people. Um, so yeah, the game looks really fucking fun. I'm actually crazy hyped for Mario Strikers. I always forget that there was a world where there was no real online play. Uh, yeah. It's not that far away either, like, you know, behind us. It's not that far. GameCube, you know, like, I played GameCube for a... Yeah, I played for a very long time, and yeah, that just wasn't a thing, but now, like you said, even, you know, even with Smash, right, like, these are these last two Smash games are the first to offer online play and now you have these was, mario sports games that are coming out what? i saw what you did you said these last two smash games are the first to have online play what i mean i agree brawl did not have online play either i, I just I, don't consider I that 
Like we're not going. We're not going to do that. That's why I said it was cute. Yeah. Um. So yeah, for me, I do like the idea of this. Me and you had a lot of fun playing Mario Party around Thanksgiving. Yep. And uh, I think that if these other Mario sports games are like that, then I could see them having a pretty nice online showing because they aren't. I mean, sure, they're competitive, right? Like people want to win. But Smash brings out a different level of competition to people, I think. Like, Smash is so much more serious. Like, there's a community around Smash that is really yeah. big. I mean, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of people watching these tournaments and prizes that are in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, like the Smash World Tour. So Smash is a different... Like, if there's, there's competitive levels, there's tiers, right? Yeah. And Smash is like an S-tier uh, competitive game. Whereas I think something like Mario Strikers Online, if the online wasn't that good, because realistically, it might not be... That's not the worst because it, I see that game as more like casual competitive as opposed yeah. to serious competitive. We're playing for money, like we're playing for a title and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Strikers is just going to be, at least to me, a really fun game to play. You got your friends. And if you obviously you want to win, but I, I do think it'll be less tilting if you lose. Like if you lose, it's not going to hurt as much. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of my point. Uh, but yeah, this looks good, and it's coming out in the summer. There's a lot, yo. The summer's gonna be wild. I'm noticing a lot of these dates are the summer, and you know, Monster Hunter. Yeah, th- it's coming out in the summer. Actually, they didn't reveal anything for Monster Hunter. I'm noticing. No, no, they didn't show anything for Monster Hunter. And also, I, I had the same thought. I kind of got overwhelmed after the direct, just thinking about all the different things I got to stream. Because like right now, I'm trying to stream Pokemon Legends Arceus. I want to stream a little bit of Yu-Gi-Oh Master Duel, and I want to stream some Monster Hunter GU. And then going from there. We've got uh, another game that showed up later in this direct that I'll talk about when it gets there. But I have that game that I want to stream. And then all these yeah, other as, games that are coming out. It's like, fuck, man. As I was watching this direct, I literally thought about you and how much, like, I was like, he can't do all of this. I can't. Yeah. I, I, I literally stared at the, so some of these games. I'm like, I know Kenny is going to play this. I know he's going to want to stream it. But there's so many, like the Kirby game and stuff like that. And we talked about this before. Uh, for me, that's a, I want to play that because I haven't played a Kirby game since I think... Whatever, whatever the last one is, I mean, maybe 64 or a GameCube, I forget. But I, it's been a while since I played the Kirby game. And this one looks really good, and I really want to play it. And I'm looking at all these other games, and I'm like, holy shit, man. These are, a lot of these games are like Kenny games. Like, these are they your, are, like, yeah. Triangle Strategy, I think you would want to play that. Yeah, so that's um, the one I was mentioning. Triangle Strategy, I think its demo is now out. And if I understood the direct correctly, the demo is the full first three chapters of the game. And that's save will transfer over to the full game when it releases. So it's like, I want to play that now. Yes. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? So, yeah. It's rough. But uh, next up that they showed was Splatoon 3. I don't think Splatoon 3 has a release date yet, but they announced this game already. They showed off one of the co-op modes. I think it's called, like, Salmon Run. Um, It's basically just, like, a pseudo-tower defense mode, I th- yeah. think. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't really played much of Splatoon. It's a game that I want to play, but... uh, I've never played it, but one of my mains in Smash Ultimate... My first main in Smash Ultimate is actually Inkling. So so I love Splatoon for nothing else than the fact that they gave me a really cool and com- highly competitive character in Inkling who's considered one of the better characters on the tier list. Like, I would say probably top 25, and yeah. there's like 86 characters or something, so that's pretty pretty good. Yeah, Splatoon looks really fun. I um, I just, I don't know. I just never really had a chance to get into it. Uh, but I do know a decent amount of people that play it. Um, yeah, I, yeah. We have that. We have our friend uh, Montre. He 
I know he was always really big into Splatoon, but I don't know. It looks it looks fun, but I'm, if I'm being honest, I just literally don't have the time to play something like that when there's like other yeah. things that I, I would prioritize higher. Like for me, highest thing for me, spoiler alert, but like I want to play Xenoblade so bad now. Uh, I already wanted to yes. play it. It's been on the top of my list, but like, you know, we'll that's the like the finale, I guess, of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the front Splatoon, mission, the thing with, no, real ahead. quick, before we go to front mission, the thing with Splatoon, and I think you and me have this in common, is that the game looks really fun, but it is one of those games, contrary to Mario Strikers, where it's a game that you want, like, if you play it, you want to be good at it. It is an actual competitive game, so yeah. it's hard to play that casually. Yeah, I noticed that, like like I said, our friend Montre, he, uh, when he talked about it, he definitely was speaking from a very competitive standpoint, and I think... Not just him. Uh, now I'm thinking about it. There's also Armand. Uh, these people go to our locals, alternate universes, so they're like you know fellow Yu-Gi-Oh players. But yeah, both of them talk about Splatoon often. I think Armand even quit Yu-Gi-Oh at one point to play Splatoon. Like that's how hardcore he was into that. So yes, Splatoon has a, from what I understand, a pretty competitive scene. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, go from there. You were going to bring up Front Mission first. Yes. Now this is a pass for me. I don't really care for games like this. I will yeah, let you yeah. speak on it. What you what, say, what you will. But uh, this is not my type of game. Yeah, it's coming out in the summer. If you know what Front Mission is, you might like it. It's a strategy game. And you use mechs, and you can target like different body parts of the mech to like destroy it. It's a, it's an interesting game. I'm not really excited to to play it again. Like I've never beaten it. I've played it here and there when I was younger, but like overall, it's just like it's a cool game. But I'm not, you know, I'm not losing my mind for it. But they also released a remake of the second one, but. I know it's a game that has a lot of fans, so hopefully they they enjoy it. Yes. Now, Disney Speedstorm. So I think we made fun of this when it first was announced uh, months ago, because this was announced before, right? They, and I forgot <laughs> this game. Listen, okay. I forgot during the direct, I forgot this game was shown off again because they show the way better game later in the direct. Yeah, it's it's really weird. Uh I mean, this is basically, can I borrow your homework? I promise that I'll change it enough. <laughs> you know, it's literally just Mario Kart. And it's, this is not the first game that's taken Mario Kart and used it as the blueprint. I mean, Mario Kart is the blueprint for this type of game. Um, I believe there's a Square Enix version of that, too, right? We saw that, like oh, Chocobo yeah, Riders Chocobo, or something. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chocobo Racers or Riders or something, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to lie. That one... I mean, it's just because I'm a Final Fantasy fan, but I'd play that one over this this Disney one. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I'm a huge Final Fantasy fan, and the fact that the the way it worked in that one was the magic kind of escalates with so fire, 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 Raga, yeah, know, that yeah, whole yeah. thing. That resonates with me and you a lot because that's just our childhood. And the the Disney one is probably a lot more kid friendly. Also, uh, I don't understand. Well, I'm not a really a graphics whore, but I don't understand why the graphics are so bad. And what I mean by that is specifically Mickey Mouse. His ears aren't circles. Like his ears were pointy. Like there was like you could see the polygons in his ears. And yeah, I'm yeah, not really. Donald didn't look too good either. If I'm I being honest with you, I just don't understand how that's possible. Like I don't know what's happening with this game, but it screams low budget to me. Yes. Uh, okay, so yeah, not much to say about that. It's just another Mario Kart clone. So if you like, if you like those kind of games, then buy it for the kids. Uh, and that's that. Star Wars Force Unleashed. I'm a big Star Wars fan. Kinda. I really like the Force Unleashed series. I used to watch gameplay on it. I never played it myself, but I always used to watch like people play through and just kind of meme because you can do a lot of glitchy, weird stuff in it. It's yeah. basically it's borderline sandbox. Your character's just god tier broken, and they can do a lot of different things. 
picking use all sides of the force. Um, really broken with a lightsaber. Can do Kingdom Hearts level shit like throwing it and bringing it back. It was just a lot. Like your character's just got here, and you're you would just go around the world beating things up. It's kind of like God of War and Devil May Cry back in the day, like that kind of yeah. vibe. Uh, swarms of enemies, and you just do whatever you want. And it's really like I can kill these enemies in an optimal way, or I can kill these enemies in a stylish way. Yeah, that game is really cool. It's also cool that it's a Star Wars game where you are on the you know the villains team, as far as yes. I understand, because you're like you're Darth Vader's apprentice. Yep. And that's really cool. I know I watched my cousin Stango. He played the shit out of these games when we used to live together. Yeah. And so I personally have never played them, but I watched him play these games so fucking much. And they did look really, really fun. Yeah, they're just, just to me, I've always liked games like this where you get swarmed and you just kind of, you know, go crazy. Like I like Dynasty Warriors, Devil May Cry, God of War. These are all the same game to me, uh, just with different mechanics, you know, slightly different mechanics. But looking oh. forward to this. This game, this is like a re-release or something, right? Like this is not a this is not a fresh no, no, no. This is a remake, yeah. This is a well, yeah. re- remaster or whatever. Of, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just coming to the Switch, basically. Yeah, I think the original one was on the Wii, I want to say. The Wii or the yeah. GameCube. And they, okay. they're, just, they're just putting it on the Switch. And I think it had motion controls. Like, I'm guessing, like, they showed in the trailer, like, you know, you pick up the thing with the force and you throw it. Yeah. I think you can do that with motion controls or something. I don't really know. Yeah, um, and same thing with Assassin's Creed, which is the next thing. Um... So Assassin's Creed is February seventeenth. So like this week coming up. Yeah, this comes out really soon. Yeah, a lot of people. This franchise is huge, and uh, I don't know. Like my, one of my best friends growing up, this is like his game. This is so how Final Fantasy is mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is his shit. Like Assassin's Creed, he's played every single one. He loves it. He loves the story. He loves it on funny troll shit when he gets, you know, once he beat it and like kind of percent he just goes back and does like things to break the game and stuff like that. Uh, I watched him play a bit of Assassin's Creed. From what I understand, this game has won game of the year several times in the past. When I was growing up, even though I never played it like this, Prince of Persia, like those games did so well uh, commercially. Just they just had that kind of success. They were they were the games to beat back in the day. Yeah. And Assassin's Creed is a bit more quiet now, I want to say. But like when it does drop, I know that there's a diehard community for Assassin's Creed that goes up for this shit. And this, I guess, is just like a repackaged version of a bunch of Assassin's Creed games. Yeah, I think it's the first three because uh, okay. it's called the Ezio Collection. And as far as I know, that's the main character of the first three games. I've only ever played the first one. Um, and I enjoyed it. What's funny is I watched it direct with my little brother. And so him being so much younger, there are things that he just has never seen before. So when he saw this game, when he saw the trailer for this Axio collection, he was getting hyped. He was like, this game looks so fucking fun. Um, well, he didn't say, yeah, no, it's, I I was about to say, uh, but yeah, I mean, it looks good. It looks like every other Assassin's Creed game. And that's because I guess it is technically the, the older games just, you know, update it for Nintendo Switch. It seems like the Switch is becoming a fucking port machine. A house for everything good. Yeah, dude, it's Portland. It's fucking I like that. <laughs> <laughs> the Nintendo Switch has got everything going on. And what's cool is that it it's a f- good system to port a lot of things to or to have a lot of these games on. Just it's portability, man. We've talked about it before, but it's it's so useful and so nice when you're just out, you know, if you, if you stay at home all the time and never leave your house, then like that feature of the switch 
might not get as much use, but I think even then it gets used because I'll if I go downstairs and get something to eat, I'll bring my switch with me, etc. But when you I, full disclosure, like I talked about, I bring my switch into the bathroom with me every single time. Yeah. Uh, because you know, I know you said your switch will not meet a bathroom. It no, will not no be in way. the bathroom. But no way. But for me, I love just you know sitting on the toilet and doing my thing and having my switch. That for me is just like one of my favorite things when I was playing Monster Hunter because that's when I do like my maintenance type of things. Like I'm not gonna necessarily hunt on yeah. the toilet, but I will. Uh, I will you know do go through village stuff, maybe break some charms open. You know, do some village quests that are like really low maintenance type shit. Just get yeah. things like that done. That's that's kind of like my bathroom stuff that I do. And then actually, I know my legs fell asleep, and it's time to get the fuck up. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and that's yeah. all of those. Re- all of that is why, you know, the, the switches. I mean, we fucking we go hard for this goddamn console every time we bring it up. But it's getting better and better over time. Like I really think that the goal is to beat the PS2. I think that that's what this is. I, to me, if I had to say like what Nintendo's goal was, because I mean, Nintendo is primarily a gaming company they're not like sony and microsoft yeah sony and microsoft are also known for gaming but that's not the only thing that they're known for sony has sound products tvs all types of shit right and then microsoft we didn't even go into that like windows and but nintendo is just you know nintendo like it's not what it started out as a gaming company is fucking what taxis or some shit but now it's like it is the gaming company so for them to uh, going for the number one spot, like best-selling console of all time, which is currently held by the PS2. Uh, this is giving me that vibe. Like, it just has the library on the Switch. I think we're going to be able to look back and say it had the most insane library because all the reasons why I like the PS2 are coming to the Switch. Like, yeah, like I'm starting to lose. Re- I'm losing reasons to be like, oh, I wish that Sony would make a device that had all of the good stuff on it. You know what I mean? Like the switch is just becoming that. Yeah. It's crazy how many games are on it and they just keep pumping them in there. Uh, That kind of goes into like the, the next game that's on there. So I'm going to skip SD Gundam battle Alliance. I'll just go over it real quick. I'm not super interested in it. I love Gundam. I've never been the biggest fan of SD Gundam. Uh, Me either. It's like, they're like cute little Gundams, right? I don't know. Yeah. I watched the show a little bit though. I did watch the show a little bit, but overall, not really my thing. Uh, it's cool that it's coming out. But to kind of gloss over that and go to the next thing, to what your point was, all these games on the PS2, PS1, with all these great fucking games coming to the Switch, Chrono Cross, Radical Dreamers, coming April 7th to the Nintendo Switch. Like, Yeah, this was a surprise. I, nev- I never thought this was happening. Like, at no point did I think this was actually going to happen because, and I guess this is, I just think, so Chrono Cross came out late in the PlayStation's life. Uh, really late to the point where I want to say it's like the year 2000 and it already looked good because of how late it came out. Like it it just looked better than most games that came out on PlayStation. So for me, I never really considered it being a game that needed a remaster. Uh, But when I saw this, it made me realize, well, you didn't know you needed this, but you needed this. Yeah. It's so good. The thing that's exciting here is I don't know if you remember, but in one of our episodes, we talked about um, a leak that happened where somebody leaked like all of these yeah. things, like they leaked a God of War coming to PC, and all before we all knew it. And on that leak list was um, a Chrono Cross remake. And then, yes. so people were like, "That's people started getting excited, like, hey, is this real? Like, are we really getting a Chrono Cross re- uh, remake?" And then a couple weeks or months after that, I don't know if I got a chance to talk about this on the podcast, but Chrono Cross characters got added to like some random gotcha game. And so they got like brand new updated art and they were just in this random gotcha game. 
And when I saw that, I was like, that's really interesting. Like, why would they be kind of advertising these characters that haven't done anything in so long? So I started to really believe that the rumor was true. And then so seeing that Chrono Cross did get announced here, if anybody wants to go back and find that leak, I think it's safe to say anything on there that hasn't been announced yet is probably really happening. Wow. Um, because so many things have come true, and we got Chrono Cross also packaged in uh, Radical Dreamer. So that comes out April 7th. I'm probably going to be getting and trying to stream that as well, because... Uh, I want to beat that game. I have not beaten it yet. I haven't beaten I it was, either. A lot of people... I don't think I know anyone who beat Chrono Cross. This is starting to be very Every, weird, but I feel like all of us... played it, right? But we've, we've And everyone loves it. Yes, Everyone's yes. played it, and everyone loves it. Everyone talks about the music, the opening. The, I, I still think... Of all PlayStation games, so 7, 8, 9, Final Fantasy, Legend of Dragoon, Legend of Lagaya, Legend of Mana, all that stuff, Vagrant Story, everything. Out of every game that came on PlayStation that was RPG, I think Chrono Cross has the best opening and the best song. Like, I love, don't get me wrong, Final Fantasy, I go up for that shit, as you guys know, it's like my favorite thing, but Chrono Cross got it. Like, it mm. just, that opening, the sound, oh my god, I can hear it right now playing in my head. <laughs> Chrono Cross's opening is so good and emotional. Like, it makes me feel sadness. Yeah. Like, I, like so there's something in the music that's just like kind of sad. I don't even know what instrument it is. I really, I'm trying to think like what's that primary. I don't know if it's, I think it might be violin. It sounds very close to a violin that they use. But when you hear that first instrument, it's amazing. Like it's so good when the beat drops because it actually starts off slow and then it has this beat drop and it, oh, so good. I'm getting hyped <laughs> just thinking about it. Like, I'm getting hyped right now thinking about Chrono Cross's opening. Okay. It's that fucking good. So that always br- brings me back to makes me want to play it again. Yep. And I think this time, because it's coming on Switch, I won't have much of an excuse. I will just have to beat it this time. Like, I just have to go through the entire game and just, like, I'm going to beat it. Yeah, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to get it because I've played it a bunch, but it's just one of those things that I never got around the beating. And it's not the fault of the game. It's just you play it. So many other games come out. You play them. You grow up. You do shit. You got, you know, stuff to do. And then this is the curse. Anybody that likes RPGs, you guys know this fucking curse. You play a game. You get really far, you're super into it, but then, like, for one reason or another, you can't play it for a week, right? Maybe you're really busy with school, maybe you gotta go to your grandmom's house, whatever the reason is, for one week you can't play it. And now, the next time you turn the game on, you're like, what the fuck was I doing? How do I play this game? Where was I at? And then you lose motivation to play, because you just don't remember where you're at or what you're doing, and you're like, I gotta start over from the beginning. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's... I feel like the game is also long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I've played it for a very long time, and I, I just feel like I can't get to the end. Like, it's just like Chrono Cross is so fucking long. But, but yeah. We'll, we'll get April 7th. We'll get it. And then March yeah. 25th, we got Kirby the Forgotten Land. So you mentioned this a little bit uh, earlier, but... Yeah. How, what do you... This game looks really fun, but I'm also oddly creeped the fuck out at what Kirby... Kirby so the, the a, big mouth mode? Kirby's a little... Yeah, the mouthful mode is, like, is wild. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like it. Um, obviously, people are going to meme it, right? Because it's... I mean, it's a wide mouth, right? Dude, so there's like, going to be so much porn of it, and I'm not... There's, it's yeah, so weird. <laughs> it's coming. It, and No pun intended, but it's coming. Like, there's going to be a lot of memes of this game. Uh, they're going to do bad things on Reddit with this. But I, at the end of the day, it just looked fun to me. Mm-hmm. And... It looked exactly like a Kirby game that I would want to play. Uh, something that, something about Kirby games just kind of take me out of serious life stuff. Like, I kind of just get immersed in the world and nothing going on in real life. Like, you know, the idea of having to pay bills and all that stuff, work. None of that stuff matters in those moments while you're playing. 
because it's also not like a competitive thing. It's also not something where you're playing with people. It's a one player game. It's just kind of like you just do your thing and you go about how you want to, you know, live your life in that world. Um, I guess how, how people felt about Mario 64. It's like a sandbox, right? Like you can, you know, get all the stars and stuff. People make Mario 64 what they want. And I think that this yeah. Kirby game is going to be very similar to that, where you make it what you want. Like you can do funny stuff, like constantly dropping a penguin off a cliff and trying to kill it and stuff like that. And, you know, glitching the game, going through paintings and all, you know, like you can do, you can make it what you want to make out of a speed run it, I guess, if that's going to be a thing. Uh, but they introduced like, we didn't see that, that mouthful mode thing before. And that just adds a new element because I guess what they're trying to do is somewhat reinvent Kirby, right? Yeah. Like everyone who knows Kirby is like, okay, he eats things, he gets power-ups, he's kind of like a Majin Buu Mega Man mix. But now he has this new mode that makes him uh, physically transform more than his typical transformations where he just gets like a crown. Yeah. Or like, you know, he stays kind of a ball. This one is like, no, he physically changes his shape uh, completely and it lets him do certain stuff. It looked really cool. It did look cool. It was like creepy and weird, but also cool. I couldn't help but think, you know, the internet is going to ruin it. They're going to do awful, awful things to my boy Kirby. But I also thought it was cool that even though... So one thing I was worried about when I first saw it, and then I realized, like, oh, no, no. Like, other stuff was still in there. I was worried that that's what... Like, we weren't going to have traditional Kirby transformations, but it's cool we have the mouthful mode thing, but we also still have the normal Kirby modes, like sword mode, fire mode, etc., and, yeah, I saw all the regular stuff. And they get upgrades. Like, now you can go to, like, a guy, and up, like, fire can turn into, like, volcano fire, into, like, dragon fire, and do, like, all that the shit. That shit so crazy. I honestly wish they didn't even show that dragon fire part, because that was <laughs> Dragon wild. fire was OD. They, they even said some are better than others. Like, blatantly. Yeah, they did blatantly say they, that, too. They blatantly said some of these are not like the others, and they showed dragon fire in that scene. I was like, oh, okay, Nintendo, like... Yeah, they, yeah, this game looks amazing. We're definitely going to play the fuck out of this. Yeah, I uh, when they I did catch that too. They were like, "Yeah, this isn't balanced." I was like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking think?" I love that though. I love blatantly being like, "We did not balance some of this shit." Like, it's not it's not that kind of game where it needs it. Yeah, not at all. And uh, honestly, I'm just going to bring it up. Because I have to for completion's sake, but we could we can skip this. April we're actually skipping M- this. MLB the show. No, we're not skipping it. But MLB the show. I don't know. Go to sleep next. So anyway, Kingdom yep. Hearts Collection Cloud version. No, this came up in our last episode where I thought that Kingdom Hearts three was literally going to be on the Switch as like a thing that you can just play on the go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but come to find out, like you told me, it's actually cloud based, so that takes away a big chunk of what makes the switch so good right like you need a strong internet connection and it said that on the bottom of the screen it yeah, said yeah. that on the nintendo director said a strong high-speed internet connection is needed yeah to, and that makes sense because it's fucking kingdom hearts 3 and yeah, it's it's weird man i i played the demo for it and it was it was fun like it was i played the demo it was cool but you can just i don't know i i get that it was a PS4 game, and so PS4 is stronger than the Switch. Getting that to run on the Switch would be really tough. I think they could do it, though. Like, in Melody of Memory, they have Kingdom Hearts 3 models in there, but they're, like, res down. Yeah. They, but I get that would be a lot of work, completely re- reworking 3 to work on the Switch. Um, It's frustrating to me that all of the other Kingdom Hearts games are cloud version 2. If, if just 3 was cloud, because arguably they couldn't get 3 to run on the Switch natively, I'd be fine. But I don't understand why Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, and all of the other ones are cloud-based as well. Like, they should... Yeah. They can just be on the Switch, and that would be fine. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, we don't really have to talk about this too much because it's Kingdom Hearts, and everyone knows how we feel about Kingdom Hearts. It's one of our favorite games, and yeah. it's just going to be on the Switch now, technically, but not, also not. I don't think either of us are going to, like, really get too much into it. Like, I no. do want that Keyblade and all that stuff. I want to see what the Keyblade becomes, but yeah. it's not, not worth me paying any amount of money for it. I'll tell you that. Nah. If, if Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 were coming to the Switch as just real games... I would buy them again. Like they'd get yeah. my money again, just because I'd be yeah. like, "Well, I could play Kingdom Hearts two on my Switch on the go," and like yeah, be worth which, is, it. which is what I thought. Like honestly, I feel like I got kind of uh, gypped with this whole thing. Yeah, a cloud like, version means I can't play it on the go. Like if I go on the subway, I can't play it. It takes away exactly what I because it takes away exactly what I thought uh, made the Switch so good, and what probably everyone makes you know thinks make what everyone thinks makes the switch so good is the portability of it the fact that i could play on a on an airplane because that's yeah. primarily my mode of transportation when i'm taking public transit at, at this point and um airplanes that you know they do not have good wi-fi that's just not a thing they have wi-fi and it's overpriced as fuck but it is not good wi-fi so even if you were on a plane i doubt that it would be able to play it seamlessly and that is a problem for me so i'm just going to pass on that as much as i love kingdom hearts um you know yeah, yeah. same also real quick, uh, going back to the mlb the show the fucking announcer, I just want to, I do want to talk, that was such a bad trailer. Like, that announcer was so bad. But I just want to, I still, he was like, when it comes to baseball, if it ain't, if there aren't steroids involved, I'll just pass. But anyway, uh, once again, talking about Switch being Portland, um, and all the collections and everything coming to it, we have the Klonoa collection and the Portal collection coming. Yes. So, like, is a game that I just feel like I wasn't going to ever see again. And the fact that they're- Me either. It's so old. It's so old, man. And once again, though, another Sony classic. Like, that's a PlayStation 1 classic. And yeah. it's another Sony, like, classic game, the collection coming to the Switch. Um, I just find that really interesting. I'm telling you, I really think that that's what the, the goal is, to have the Switch become the console of all consoles. And I want it to only because I have an agenda, which is to have every console be like a Switch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't mad that uh, Steam created the Steam Deck or whatever happened with that vaporware. Like, I'm not mad that that's that that happened because that's that's what's supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I there's a video on uh, if anybody's heard of the YouTuber, he reviews a bunch of tech stuff. Linus Tech Tips. I'm pretty sure he reviewed the Steam Deck and the reviews didn't look good. But uh, is it? Oh yeah, I'm still confused about this. I think it's, I think it's coming out. I think like uh. Um, review versions have gone out to people. I don't think it's okay. retail out yet, but it has okay. gone out to like uh, review people. All right. Well, I'll just wait until. Um, but Portal Portal's a game I haven't played yet. Actually, like I've never played it. Not even I've played it, but didn't beat it. I've never played Portal. I've heard nothing but good things about it, but I've I've never played it. So I can't speak much about it except maybe I'll pick it up and try it. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a. This I'm not a Portal guy. Uh, July 22nd, uh, Live Alive. This shit got me hyped. This shit got me fucking hyped. This is a, uh, a Square Enix RPG that never came out in America, and now it's coming out. It's got different timelines, kind of like Chrono Trigger, and it's got yeah. the, the... It looks like Octopath Traveler and shit. And it did look exactly like Octopath. I dude, was confused. That graphic style, I... Some people might be getting tired of it. Me, personally, I want them to remake... Every classic, if they can't remake it FF7 remake style, every classic JRPG make it 
that Octopath style, and I will be fucking happy. I like that style a lot, and I think it works really well for, like, classic JRPGs. Yeah, I think, uh... I love Octopath Traveler. I've mentioned this on our RPGs episode. Uh, Octopath Traveler is one of the best RPGs I've actually played in the last decade. It came out of nowhere for me. Like, I didn't expect to like it as much, because yeah. it's so... Like, it's sprite-based. The, the models, the characters, and everything like that, they're sprite-based, so they look, you know, not up to... Let's say Final Fantasy 15 or Kingdom Hearts 3 standards and all that stuff with high graphic, high fidelity and all that. But it still looks really good. And once you start playing it, you kind of just don't care about the sprite based graphics. You start to just enjoy it and get immersed in it. And for as much as a graphic horror as I am, like that game was better than some games that have way better graphics to me. Yeah. So that's the yeah. thing. I, um, for me, how amazing the graphics are doesn't matter as much as how well do these graphics convey the feeling the game wants to convey, right? So, Octopath Traveler uh, doesn't look like whatever the newest Battlefield looks like, but the when you look at it, you get a feeling from it, and you get immersed in it in its own little special way um, that it kind of leaves an impression on you and i really really enjoy the art style of it like i guess art direction is kind of the word i'm looking for if a game has a really really unique and cool looking art direction and music octopath's music is fucking incredible um so anyway that being said going in the live alive i'm super interested in this uh i've never played it i've heard about it but i've never you know i never played it sometime like going through the process of patching japanese games can be really annoying so yeah i've done before but yeah, I've done it before with Monster Hunter, <laughs> the olden days when yeah, yeah, Monster yeah. Hunter used to come out in Japan and not come out over here for a very long time. So there were English patches and all kinds of shit. You had to do homebrew and waiting for the patch. And they had partial patches, so most of the game is not translated. But thankfully, Monster Hunter is not a story-based game. Uh, so they would just translate like monster materials at first. And then the menus, you just have to figure out what's what. And once you figure it out, it's like, okay, I know what this is now. Yep. Uh, but I used to play games in Japanese with very little English from a patch, and mm-hmm. I don't want to go back to that in 2022, so... I used to play uh, just stuff. the Fire Emblem games. The first six Fire Emblem games didn't come out in America, and um, I went back, and I played all of them in Jap... Well, I played the Japanese versions, but fans made full English patches where they, like, they literally did the dialogue for the entire story. Fire Emblem yeah. had a ton of dialogue. Um, and so that's really fun, and I, I enjoyed it at the time, but Going through the process again, like, I remember a year ago trying to play a game, and I was like, man, I don't fucking feel like doing this. Like, making sure you got a good English patch, some of the patches are bad, so you gotta trust the translator. It's just, it's a process. So anyway, yeah, I'm excited for this to officially get an English release, and I like the way it looks. Yep. Switch Sports, um, I'm not really a sports I, person. So. I can't believe, this comes out April 29th. So this game looked fun, it's like Wii Sports, right? Yeah, I like I like the Wii Sports tennis and like the the boxing and all that stuff. I cannot fucking believe that they're making this game now and this wasn't a release packaging with the mm. Switch. Same. Like this should have came with the Switch four years ago, and it like I just don't understand. I I don't know if they said the price, but they cannot be charging sixty dollars for this. I don't know what they plan on charging, but. They cannot charge $60 for this fucking thing. You know, Wallen. So, yeah, I don't know. The game looks fun. It looks like something that you would do for fun with, like, 
family at a party. But once again, it should be a console tie-in, not a game that I buy on its own. So I'm not so excited for it. Um, yeah. Next up is Taiko no Taichujin. Tatsujin. This is a rhythm game. Uh, I like rhythm games, but I'm not like, you know, I don't play all of them. This looks fun. One thing I don't like about this is that at launch, it has like 70 or 80 songs. And they were like, and you can get 500 songs through DLC. And I was like, holy oh. shit. So yeah. there's more DLC songs than there are songs in the game when you yeah. buy it. The game, when you buy the game, it's got 80 songs, I think. And then they announced in the trailer that there's 500 songs. Could you imagine if Smash was like that, how ignorant that would be? If they were like, there are 20 characters in the game, but there are 66 <laughs> fucking DLC characters. Do you know how ignorant that would be? Imagine Smash pulling that. Like, think about that for a second. Oh, there's 20 characters. They're like, here's the 20 base characters. Your Fox, your Pikachu, your Samus, your Link, your Kirby, your Jiggly, you know, all that stuff, oh, right? Man. These are like your base characters. And then <laughs> for the other 66, you got it. It's going to cost you. Fucking crazy! I don't That's understand. wild. I don't think I don't think should ever overtake. No, yeah. not like that. I don't know what the pricing model is. If they come up with a fair pricing model, I guess sure. But this reminds me of Dead or Alive Five. Dead or Alive Five on Steam. You can probably still look it up. I'm assuming it hasn't been taken down. Dead or Alive Five on Steam is a was a sixty dollar game. I think eventually they made the game free, and then you just like can buy the characters. Um, yeah. But if you look at that game's DLC, it's like over $2,000 worth of DLC for Dead or Alive 5. Like, not kidding. In terms of all the cosmetics, because, you know, people... Dead or Alive is a really fun fighting game, but also people play it because they're horny. And there's millions of costumes costumes for all the girls and shit. And, uh, yeah, I think the DLC is over $2,000 for that fucking game. So, you know, have fun. Next is Triangle Strategy. We talked a little bit about this. But Triangle Strategy, once again, also in that Octopath Traveler art style, um, looks similar to Octopath. It's a strategy game in vain with Fire Emblem, and that's a, a genre that I love. Also, Deskaya, which, side note, not part of the Nintendo Direct, but Deskaya 6 Complete just got announced. So, you know, there you go, people. But anyway, Triangle Strategy. Um, this fucking game, the demo, I just can't believe the if I understand correctly, the first full three chapters of the game are completely playable in the demo right now. Wow. That's just so exciting to me. Because that means I could I could boot the game up and literally get like a real experience of the game for the first three chapters. Uh, yeah. You can transfer your save when the full game comes out. I This, this game is like... I, I can't say enough about this game. I, I want to play it so bad. The fact that it's one of... The, so many games say that you can make choices and your choices matter. And of them I've played, I always feel as though that's never really true. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a hot line to say. But in this game, I played the last demo, it actually does seem like your choices really do matter. There's characters, party members who will leave your party if you do something they don't agree with, like if you go and make a decision, like I think one of the decisions was like defending this village and you could defend the village, just like man up, defend them from like the intruders, or you could set like these firebomb traps. And when the intruders come in, you blow up like these houses and light the people on fire and you can kill the intruders that way. And if you do that method, there's people who like don't agree with those methods that will completely leave your faction and like won't be on your team anymore and end up becoming against you. So the fact that this game actually seems like it's a strategy game 
and the choices you make really do matter. It's not a buzzword. Uh, makes me excited. Yep. I uh, I want to. I probably will actually play Triangle Strategy because I'm not really big into strategy RPGs, but I'll at least indulge you, and you're going to be playing it, and I think Gary's going to play it as well. So, uh, oh yeah, Gary messaged me the, like right after the direct. He was like, "Hey, do you know if the demo's out yet?" <laughs> yeah, but, but what's yeah, next? We got we'll, Cuphead DLC. Yeah, but I'll play Triangle Strategy, and when I beat it, uh, I'll probably talk about it on the stream, and I'm not on the stream on the podcast and shit. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, Cuphead DLC. I remember you said. Uh, you didn't even really know what Cuphead was. I've seen that smiley face looking creepy thing before. Like, don't get me wrong. It's it's yeah. popular enough where it's come across my timeline. But I don't know anything about it. Like, if I'm being if I'm being completely honest, I'm not going to sit here and cap and be like, oh, yeah, I definitely. Rec-. Like, I don't know yeah. what it's about. It's, it's just a really hard, uh, also really fun, like 2D platformer boss rush kind of game. Um, okay. And it's insanely addictive to play. And the bosses are really hard. Um, incoming Dark Souls joke, but the bosses are really, really hard. And what makes them, what makes the game fun and engaging, though, is that when you kill the boss, you're immediately you don't have to go through a whole level or fight the boss again. When you lose to the boss, you immediately just get the immediate retry. And there's a little bar at the bottom every time you die that shows how close you were to beating the boss. So there's like a progress bar, like you were this close to beating the boss. You're like, oh fuck, like I was actually not that far. Blah blah blah. And so, yeah. and you immediately are right back in and get to fight the boss again, and it just has this really kinetic gameplay that's just really, really fun. Uh, this comes out June 30th of this DLC. I feel like this DLC has been in the process for fucking two years now. Um, yeah, we will be playing that, it. though. I'm excited to see it's uh, finally coming. We will be playing Monster Hunter. When's Monster Hunter? Uh, oh, yeah, we don't have an actual date. We don't know the date, it's but it's summer, and June is summer, so... Yeah, I'm assuming... My guess is sometime after E3. That's my okay. I, my guess is they're going to show something at E3, and then like shortly That'll after be... E3 is when we'll get it. That's my guess. Yeah, um, I can see that. After that, we have Metroid Dread free update. They're adding Dread mode, which is you get hit once by anything and you die. So they're adding super duper hard mode to Metroid Dread, which is really cool for free. And they're adding rookie mode, which is just a super easy mode. And then yeah. they're also adding a boss rush mode. Which is also really cool. Uh, I think boss rush modes for games like that are not necessary, but every time they're there, it feels good. Like, I remember one of the Castlevanias, maybe more than one, but I remember one of the Castlevanias having a boss, ru- a boss rush mode and me sinking so much fucking time into it just because it felt good to play. It felt good to go through that boss rush after beating all of them. I like boss rushes, and I think I originally got into boss rushes from Mega Man games. So Mega Man games, you play them, and you go through each level, and at the end of the level, you fight a boss. At the end of Mega Man games, though, after you beat all the regular bosses, you go into fight, like, let's say, Sigma, who's usually the boss of, like, the X-Series. Uh, before you can actually fight a final boss, they make you literally go into a room and fight every single boss all over again. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of feel like it's just like a skill check, because there's no real purpose <laughs> for it. Other than, like, it's just like... Beat the fuck out of these guys because you have all their powers now, right? Like, so yep. you, you have everyone's weakness this time. There's no one's weakness that you're missing. So you can just kind of go through and beat them so quick and sometimes just see if you don't get hit. And I think what they do in Mega Man games is kind of ignorant, but I like it. As you fight, like, let's say all 10 bosses again, uh, your health will like not go up. Like, you'll be <laughs> yeah, fighting them. Yeah. And then you'll get the Sigma and you'll be worn down, which is kind of the point. But then, you know, if you die, then you restart. Like, 
all the bosses will be defeated. You'll be at full health with three lives, and you'll just fight Sigma that way. But it used to be interesting to see if you could beat all those bosses and then beat Sigma right after without getting complete game over. Yep. Yep. Yeah, shit like that's really cool. That's something I really enjoy about the Mega... Dude, did you ever play, in terms of Mega Man games, the Mega Man Street Fighter crossover game that was, like, fan-made but then made official? I don't think so. You play, yeah, you play as Mega Man. It's like classic Mega Man, but all of the bosses are Street Fighter characters, like Chun Li, Urian, Balrog, and uh, huh. you play through the game. And when, like, for example, when you beat Urian, the power that you get is like his mirrors. And when you beat Chun Li, okay. I think you get like, um, like a kick or whatever. Uh, it was really, really cool. It was free. It was fan made, but then Capcom made an official and released it. Um, That's and, dope. I like yeah. stuff like that. Really cool, but I I agree. The boss rush stuff um, from Mega Man is probably the first time most of us have done a boss rush, right? Um, yeah, I think that that was the original for me. That was the original boss rush. Put you in a room. Here's all the bosses that you already beat. Uh, fight them again. <laughs> yep. yep. Um. Next, we have the biggest disappointment of the direct for me. Uh, Earthbound and Earthbound Beginnings coming to the Nintendo Switch Online. First of all, really cool. Earthbound is an amazing game. Great RPG with very unique characteristics and a game that a game that can like really make you feel oddly enough and you wouldn't think it because it's very odd, weird, and quirky. But when you play it, it has like a lot of heart. But for literally the last ten to fifteen years now, every Earthbound fan slash Mother fan has been asking for Mother Three to get an English release. So when they started showing Earthbound and then Earthbound Beginnings, I was watching it like, are they going to do it again? Are they going to just not give us Mother Three? And then, like, once again, we don't get it. We just get... I think Ness needs a a really big, like, reboot type of thing. He It, it does. It, it really does, man. Like, like, bring him into 2022, please. Because I'm tired of only knowing Ness from, essentially, Smash. And I think I think most people know Ness from Smash. Yeah, no, that's 100% true. He's, he's Ness from Smash now. He's, he's more Ness from Smash than he is Ness from Earthbound, and I'll tell you that. One million percent. And same with Lucas. Lucas is from Mother 3, and that game never even came out in America, and that's that's the game that people are crying to get released, so I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully we get it at some point, but it it was really frustrating to me to again, because they did this before on the Wii U, I think. They gave us Earthbound 1 and 2 on the Wii U, and then like they direct, people were like, Reg, like I think Reggie at the time was you know the president, and they were like, can we please get Mother 3? And Reggie even acknowledged it. He was like, oh, you know, we're going to do something, maybe, possibly, and it's like, we just still don't have it. It's, it's just frustrating. Um, yeah. After that, it's just like, they do a lot of sizzle reel of, like, a bunch of random-ass games. Um, I, you know, I couldn't keep track of them all, but it's just, like, a bunch of random games. They show that Demon Slayer game is coming to Switch, uh, but other than that, it's, like, a bunch of random games. I don't know what they all were. Yeah, I am, I am excited for the Demon Slayer game because it looks like the old Naruto Ultimate Ninja games. Uh, it's made by the same people. Okay, so that makes sense. It has the exact same vibe to it, and I think Gary's actually played it. He's already told me some stuff about like the tier list, like who's good, who's bad, or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it looks fun. I know it's going to be very colorful, and that kind of just draws draws people in. Maybe it'll get a... I know Ninja Storm, the Naruto Ninja Storm games, they actually ended up with a nice little community, a little pocket-sized community, and I feel like this game could end up with that same type of thing, just because of the hype surrounding Demon Slayer is yeah. at all-time high. And it's not unwarranted, uh, but yeah, I think that with, you know, Demon Slayer being as big as it is, and them getting a fight game, and, you know, at, at first, it only had very limited characters, but every season, I guess, uh, they'll probably release a new game like they did with Ninja Storm back I in the day, so. or Ultimate Ninja. Hey, um, 
the game's fun. You know, I got it from my brother for Christmas. Oh, that's right. You did, you did get this. Yeah, yeah. So we have it on Xbox, and uh, it's really fun. And the next character to be added, as far as we know, is going to be the Sound Hashira. Um, cool, cool. So I play uh, Rengoku, and uh, I play Rengoku and Gyu. I'm, I'm a cheater. I just, I, I'm, I'm even though I think, I think Zenitsu is actually fucking super broken top tier though. But, I think Gary said, Gary said Zenitsu and Nezuko are ridiculous. Yeah, they're, they're pretty ridiculous, but the game is insanely, also, um, Inosuke is really good too. Inosuke is like the fastest grab in the game. Um, his grab is just that's, crazy fucking fast. That's always good in playing games, um, so. But, but yeah, the game's fun. But anyway, this, uh, the next two, these final two were like the big big things of the Nintendo Direct. I'd say it's like Fire Emblem Warriors opened the Direct, and that's like pretty big. But then after that, the next biggest thing I'd say is like, just from sheer shock factor to me, is a tie between Mario Strikers and Chrono Cross. But then after that, now like to close out the Direct, we got Mario Kart 8 Deluxe finally getting DLC. Uh, This game was a a remaster of of the Wii U Mario Kart 8. And it's the best-selling Switch game, I think. Um, so, the game already came out on Wii U, they released it on Switch, and it's the best-selling game on Switch. And everybody for a long time was like, they should just release DLC for it. And here we are, we're getting fucking 48 courses over the course of the next year, uh, year to two years, for Mario Kart 8, which just sounds absurd to me. Yeah. And I'm not even the biggest Mario Kart fan, but I know when I see some good content coming out for something else. 48 courses they're going to be releasing. That's like, uh, I almost think it's a pseudo replacement for Smash. Obviously, it's I don't, it's not going to be as exciting as like character reveals in Smash. But I think over the course of the next two years, this is going to be something that they can put into their Nintendo Directs as like something that'll raise the value of the direct make people excited like oh here's the next four courses that are coming to mario kart you know what i mean yeah and get people excited for those courses um yeah that's what it feels like to me it's like something that they can consistently put into nintendo directs get people talking about it get people saying like oh i hope they put this course in uh etc so that's really exciting and i wonder if they'll add new racers maybe not i think they would have said it but regardless 48 new courses 48 new songs to be added to the game so already a massive game is fucking incredible. Yeah. And then the finale. Oh, man. If you guys heard the last episode, you already know. I Xenoblade 3 coming out in September. Dude, the fact that it got announced. We got Xenoblade 3 announced. And basically a release date. We don't have the exact day. Yeah. But it's September 2022 is... That is so satisfying to me because it's like, here's Xenoblade 3, and I don't got to guess or wonder when it's coming. It's like, here's yeah. fucking Xenoblade 3. You're going to get it in September. And just. It looks good. Oh, it looks really God. good. It looks so good. The yeah. art style, everything. Like, it has. I knew what it was. So I didn't see the direct, but people were messaging me like, holy shit, Xenoblade 3. And I was like, oh, cool. I never played a Xenoblade game, but from what I understand, they're very good, especially the first one with Shulk. And the best character from Smash Ultimate pretty much comes from Xenoblade 2, Pyramithra. Uh, but this one, from what I understand, I asked you about this. Can I play Xenoblade in any order, kind of? Like, is it, do I have to play one before I play two? Or do I have to play two? You know, like, how does it go chronolo- like chronolo- yeah. chronology-wise? 
uh, or chronologically. There we go. There's the word chronologically. How does it go chronologically? And you were like, yeah, I actually played two first, then I played one. Yep. And most people agree that one is the better game. Yep. But they're both good games. And this game looked very serious. The third one, it looks very serious. Uh, the trailer was very emotional. Like a, a lot. It was a, yes. a lot of. It was a lot of heavy emotion, and I don't. So because I haven't played it, I don't know any of the storyline. I don't know any of the backstory. I don't know if there were things in this trailer that made Xeno fan, uh, Xenoblade fans go up for it. Like things that you guys kind of saw that were like, holy shit. You can elaborate on that type of thing. I don't know if that was, you know, if that was in there. I have no idea. It just. So there was some characters that looked familiar, but they didn't look exactly the same. So that's interesting because I don't think they're the same character, but they they have a similar look to some other characters, which is kind of okay. interesting. So I want to know what that's going to be about. Uh, additionally, like them having the giant robots and stuff, that's very standard for Xenoblade and uh, having some sort of like ultra energy sword like there was a part where they showed one of the characters with essentially a monado um because you have the monado which is shulk sword from the first game and then in the second game i believe it's just called the aegis and that's uh pyra and mithra and like their weapon um and they're like representative of their weapon and stuff like that uh so this game this game has you know a similar like its own monado type thing um right away just the way the game looked, I knew it was Xenoblade, but then as soon as I started talking, something that I really like about Xenoblade that I know some people don't like is that they have, and if I get this wrong, I'm sorry, they have English accents. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what genre. I don't know which, like, uh... I don't know where I'm going here. You know, I don't know if it's fucking England, Scotland, Britain, but they have accents that aren't American. They have, yes. you know, they have English-speaking accents that are not American. And I really like... It's something that makes the game unique, and it also harkens all the way back to the first Xenoblade. Um, when that got released in Japan, um, people wanted an English release so bad. And Nintendo of America just did not do anything for Xenoblade. What originally got that game made was Nintendo of Europe in terms of en- English releases. So huh. I think it's cool that now... Like, to keep that tradition, it's always the voice acting talent for Xenoblade games are always from the European section, and you don't have American English voice actors. And that's something I think gives the game a lot of charm. Um, That's something I really like about it a lot. So as soon as I heard the voices, I was like, oh shit, this is 10 million percent Xenoblade. And the trailer looked amazing. The characters looked really, really cool. There's a lot of little stuff in in the trailer that just made me excited. And I cannot wait to see what this game's story is how how everything plays in and then also what small little easter eggs are going to tie it to the other games because once again yeah that's the part that i'm interested in yeah I, that's why i want to play the first one at least and then yeah, yeah i know yeah. the game is apparently long but definitely try to play the first one um and then that's the thing like there's going to be this game three will be able to be played independently but if you have some of the knowledge of the other games you'll you'll most likely see little easter egg tie-ins which are yeah. which will be really really cool um, was there something else I wanted to say about it? Uh, oh, just another example. This is for all the Xenoblade games. Like, the Switch can produce amazing-looking games. Like, it really can. This game looks really good. Dude, did you see how good the world looked? Like, they showed a little clip of you of you gameplay running in the world. Like, it looked yep. great. Yes. 
Yeah, so. I'm, I'm excited for, for this game uh, just because it's an RPG that at some point I'm going to play. And I know I just have a good RPG waiting for me, mm-hmm. you know? So Yeah, a great yeah. one, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a classic for the people that have gone in for it. Like, it, it's a classic. It has a very devout fan base. There's um an old thing. I think it's called, like, Project Teardrop or, or something like that, or Project Raindrop. I don't remember. But it was basically a community of people that all got together and, like, sent a, a hundreds of letters to Nintendo asking for Xenoblade to get localized. In addition, like, two other games. I think it was, like, Lost Story and something else. I don't remember. But it was, like, these three JRPGs that weren't localized and didn't have English versions of them. And people were just bombarding Nintendo, like, please, please, please localize these games. And uh, ever since then, Xenoblade has had, like, a very core um, fan base. Yes, so I only know Xenoblade basically from Smash Hulk, and I always make fun of his accent. Shield! Busta! Like, he's... So it's funny you brought the language thing up, but, uh, yeah, making fun of people's accents, you know, something they can't control is great. Uh, anyways, that pretty much wraps up this episode of the Iron Man Podcast. Uh, just a quick one on a Nintendo Direct. We have a colossal listener letter to do. Okay. And we will do that, uh, not this episode, but in maybe the next one. Uh, it's I think we might even have to piecemeal it because the listener letter is so... He, I think he called it like a book almost, and it is very long. Holy so, shit, hell yeah. yeah. It's yeah, it's insane. But we will go through that. And if you guys want to write in to us and let us know anything, especially on our 50th episode where we went over 50 things, yeah. if but you want to comment thing, on any of that stuff. This episode's kind of short. We just went over the direct and, uh, you know, not much else to say. Just quickly went over the direct, give you guys something to talk about. But this episode is like an hour shorter than our usual episodes. But our 50th episode is an hour longer. So yeah, yeah. Everyone messaged me saying, or like just blatantly tagged me on Facebook saying how long the last episode was. It's three hours long, and that that's that was insane. Especially because we actually recorded it twice, which is fucking insane. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, but that wraps us up. Before we go, as always, I want to give a shout out to the people over on our Patreon, uh, people who are supporting the podcast. Uh, we really appreciate you guys. It goes a long way. So we have Connie, Austin, Leon, Quest, Garen, Xavier, Hylian, TCG Automotive, Silver Chronic, Tyree Tinsley, Dimitri Barnes, Alexander Brissett, Vinny Casello, Dominique Roberts, Game Freak Yoshi, Alex Plamer, Michael, Gabe Marini, Henri Reynolds, CJ, Dubkdat1, all who's from Dabbers Gaming Cafe. Oh, we have to stop to say this one. <laughs> Dabbers <laughs> Gaming Cafe in Georgia. Dan Vrabel, Dennis Milburn, Joseph Marcello, and newly Scott Page. Thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast. We really appreciate it. You guys get a shout out in every episode going forward that you're on it. Uh, and also, people who don't know much about our Patreon, you can check it out at I Am Rare Podcast on Patreon if you search it up. We have uh, three different tiers. There's one tier that we edit. It's like a final boss tier, but the main tier is like NPC, uh, side character, main character, and or a party member, I should say, and then main character. But they all have different perks. Uh, if you subscribe at the lowest tier, you get access to our Discord server, the I'm Nerd Discord, where we talk about topics on the podcast, anime, gaming, Yu-Gi-Oh! There's a lot of talk about Edison format right now on the, in the uh, Discord. And you also access, with the second tier, you get access to exclusive episodes that only come out on Patreon. They do not come out on anywhere else. And you get access to video versions of all of the podcasts. So if you're ever interested in seeing... You know, some people actually like the visual of seeing the people doing the podcast, you know, just seeing how we laugh and talk and stuff, uh, which it does add to it. I actually subscribe to some Patreons myself literally because I want to see 
the two people talking. So if that's if you're into that type of thing, or if you just want to show support, check out the I'm Nerd Podcast Patreon and become part of the community. Those guys get to literally vote on a lot of the episodes that come out and just the topics that we talk about and all types of stuff. So if you're interested in that type of thing, check that out. And yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Uh, what else I was going to say? Oh yeah, so as, you know, as I always ended off, do the things that make you happy, guys. You know, it's 2022. Don't let anything hold you back. Unless you're going to fuck somebody up. You know, think about that. Don't do anything that will put you in harm. <laughs> harm's way. Yeah, but, do uh, the things that make you happy. Just don't do them if they, you know, put you in prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Try, try, yeah, try that one for size. But uh, all right, well, we're. I think we can wrap this one up, and uh, yeah, we'll see you guys soon. All right, peace out. Peace. Thank you.